Hello and welcome to Tomorrow is Yesterday, the Star Trek podcast, the show where we review every episode of Star Trek in production order. My name is Brandon Couch and with me as always is my co-host David Moss. You know, usually I have something to say at this point where I don't introduce myself, but I don't have anything to say because it is super late at night and I'm exhausted. (laughs) So I guess my name is David Moss. (laughs) All right. So you want to just get into the episode? I guess so. All right. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision sensible to feeling as to sight, or art thou but a dagger of the mind? (laughs) Shakespeare was weird. Yeah, it is weird. He is weird. So I'm actually watching the episode while we're doing this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> so if I'm a little slow on this, just just don't pay attention to me. Okay. <laughs> Alright, Dagger of the Mind first aired on November 3rd, 1966, was written by S. Bar David, which was a pen name. His real name was Shimon Winselberg. Shimon Winselberg? Yep. That is... That's probably not how you pronounce it, but I did my best. That... Yeah, I understand why he has a pen name. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it was directed by Vincent McAvity, whose name may sound familiar because he also directed Balance of Terror. I've heard of that, Balance of Terror. Yeah, we did it like, well, at this point, probably a month ago. (laughs) But, (laughs) all right, uh, let's get into the cast. We have James Gregory as Dr. Tristan Adams. Morgan Woodward as Dr. Simon Van Gelder, Mariana Hill as Dr. Helen Noel, Susan Wasson as Lethe. Lethe? It's been a while since I watched it. I don't remember. <laughs> Let's go with Lethe. <laughs> Alright, we open with the quick shot of the Enterprise and go to the transporter room. We see a large container with the label, Caution, Inference Sensory Drugs, Destination, Tantalus Penal Colony, uh, Dr. Tristan Adams. You know, so, yeah, I I, I liked this. I liked this episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you it, liked it. It was a decent episode. It was a decent episode. It was. Uh, next, like, after you say your next part, then I have a comment. Okay. Fun fact. Tantalus comes from Greek mythology. He was a king sentenced to Tartarus for his evil deeds. Tartarus is like the worst part of the underworld. His punishment was to be chin deep in water with fruit branches with within easy reach. But if he reached for the fruit or tried to drink the water, it would move just out of reach. So he'd starve for all eternity. Oh, I didn't know that. I did. Where'd you learn that from? I read a lot of like Percy Jackson books. Oh. In fact, like... I'm currently holding my mic balanced with like a bunch of books from that series. You know, that's more <laughs> books than I own. <laughs> I think I own like one book. <laughs> and it's and it's not even a Star Trek book. It is It's the Bible, isn't it? <laughs> no. I do own the own the Bible, but um it is a Halo novelization. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe we should do a Halo podcast. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so a transporter tech loads the last container onto the transporter. He and Berkeley then try to beam the cargo down, but it doesn't work. They try again, still not working. Kirk walks in and asks if they're having trouble. Berkeley's like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with it. Kirk points out they're beaming down to a penal colony. That's when Berkeley realizes force field. <laughs> I mean, 
to me, they should have like standard procedure should have been they should have already contacted the colony and the colony would have been like, hey, don't forget about our force field. Yeah. But they're dumb. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Which this does establish that will forever be a rule in Star Trek that you can't beam through force fields. Yeah. So it's nice that we've established that. Yeah. Unless you're like a Borg, then you can beam through force fields. Then you can do whatever the writer wants you to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Kurt contacts the colony, asks to lower their force field. They beam the cargo down, and the colony beams up a box. As Kirk's about to leave, he suggests that Berkeley reads up on penal colony procedures. Berkeley leaves to get a vault assignment for the box. The tech picks up a pad and stares at the pretty lights on the wall. You know, I just <laughs> noticed something. What is that guy's last name? Berkeley. Who else in Starfleet do we know? You're, you're thinking of Reg. You're thinking of Reginald Barclay. Yeah. Barclay. Yeah. It's similar. It is similar. It is. They, they could be distantly related. Like I said, <laughs> it's late at night. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right. Uh, where was I? Yeah, the pretty lights on the wall. Uh, on the transporter, the box opens. There's a dude in there. He sneaks out of the box, then sneaks up to the transporter tick, gives him a karate chop to the neck, knocking him out, and that's the teaser. I mean, you knew when they transported the box, you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a good teaser, though. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right, we're on the bridge. Kirk is telling Bones how he wishes he could have met Dr. Corby. Oh, sorry, Dr. Adams. Uh, you know, I noticed he looked a little familiar. <laughs> no, it's not the same actor. It's just like he was saying the same thing about Dr. Corby at the beginning of that episode. Oh. Oh, I don't know. All right. Uh, Kirk asks Bones if he's been to a penal colony since they started using Adams' methods. Bones says, a cage is a cage. <laughs> Kirk says, okay, you old fart, and explains that penal colonies are basically vacation resorts now. <laughs> you know, this kind of reminds me of a uh, menagerie. Oh, yeah, because it's also called the cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like um, uh, Lower Decks this season, where they're like, oh, you're not Starfleet unless you've got been captured one time and put in a menagerie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's one episode this season where, like, Mariner orders a drink and it's a dagger of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uhura gets a message from Tantalus 5. They're missing a violent inmate that might have been in that box they beamed up. Cut to the transporter room. We see the aforementioned violent inmate wearing the red jumpsuit of the guy he knocked out. Kirk orders Uhura to put the ship on security alert. Uh, we see the inmate wandering through the halls. A guy in a gold shirt spots him, so he runs the gold shirt goes to a panel and reports to the bridge that he's on section three deck 14 <laughs> back on the bridge her gets the report and spock initiates a search in another hallway the inmate is hiding behind a corner a red shirt comes around and the inmate chokes him and takes his phaser you know as i was watching the show here in a second they're gonna put security on the bridge and i was thinking because they were facing away from the door yeah, that wasn't smart. Like, with their backs to the door. Like, yeah. I would have been facing the door. Like, yeah. <laughs> even all all of Star Trek, they face towards the door, like, away from the door. Except for Enterprise. They were actually <laughs> facing towards the door. Yeah, the only reason that probably is. 
Because it's television, you want your actors facing the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the only reason. <laughs> Back on the bridge, Spock says he's not on deck 14 anymore and expands the search. Kirk contacts Tanlis and immediately gets Dr. Adams. Kirk reports they may have the missing inmate. Uhura reports the unconscious crewman was found in the transporter room. Kirk changes that they have definitely found the inmate. Adams plays the, I'm sorry, I'll take full responsibility card. <laughs> A retro Anderson stands guard at the turbo lift, as you were saying. I'm sure it'll be fine. Nothing's bad is going to happen to this red shirt. No. McCoy walks over to Spock, who has this interesting line. Interesting. You earth people glorify organized violence for 40 centuries, but you imprison those who employ it privately. I wonder what he's talking about. <laughs> Sp- Spock has comments on our prison system. Uh, All right. Uh, McCoy's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you Vulcan people found the answer. Spock says, yeah, we got rid of emotions, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> the inmate walks in and knocks out the red shirt. He then asks, where's the captain? Kirk introduces himself. The inmate tries to say his name, but... Is hit with this intense amount of pain before he can get out Van Gelder. <laughs> Van Gelder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Van Gelder wants asylum. Kirk says he doesn't usually give asylum at gunpoint. Van Gelder says he'll give it up when he promises not to take him back there. Kirk, ever the negotiator, says no promises. Hand it over. Van Gelder says he'll disable the ship before he lets that happen. Now, if you watch this scene and pay attention, the entire time Spock is slowly getting closer to Van Gelder throughout the scene. Yeah, yeah. And I knew he was going to... Yeah. Yep, yep. I'm going to let the audience guess or the listeners guess as to what he's going to do next. What might Spock do? All right. uh, Van Gelder finally notices Spock's turns to point his phaser at him. Kirk kicks the phaser out of his hand and Spock gives him a Vulcan neck pinch. Uh, Spock and McCoy take him to sickbay, and Kirk orders the ship to Channelist 5. I can't believe he gave him a Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> I was so wrong. I thought he was going to tackle him. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I knew he was going to do that. Uh, in season three, there's a point where like where like the director was like, have Spock like karate chop someone, and Nimoy was like, Spock wouldn't do that. He'd just give him a neck pinch. <laughs> yeah. In sickbay, Bones is informing Kirk on what he's gathered from the patient. It's not schizophrenia or any other condition Bones knows of, and it took Bones almost triple the normal amount of sedative to put Van Gelder down. Bones says he's not very helpful either. He would start saying one thing, forget it, and then start saying a different thing. It all had a ring of truth to it, though, Bones says. Kirk says he's not their problem, and Van Gelder gets pissed. You smug button pushing brass hat, wash your hands of it. Is that your system? You're both quite sure of yourselves, aren't you? Quite expert. Take him back. Let someone else worry about him. <laughs> Kirk asks him the name, and Van Gelder has to continually fight through the intense pain to get out that he's Simon Van Gelder, a director at the Tantalus Colony. He tries to keep going, but he says they erased it. Quote, edited, adjusted, subverted me, but I won't forget... I won't forget, you're, you're so blind, ignorant, you believe I belong back there, don't you? Dead or alive, well, I won't let you take me back, I'm not going, I'll die first, do you hear me? I'm not going, no, no, no. <laughs> At that point, Bone sedates him, Kirk's back on the bridge and asks Spock what he's looking at, Spock says, our library's record on Dr. Simon Van Gelder, Kirk's like, doctor? What? 
And Spock's like, yeah, we have a full ID tape on him. Kirk asks when he was committed to Tantalus, and Spock tells him he wasn't committed, he was assigned. He's one of Dr. Adams' associates. Huh. The plot thickens. Dun, dun, dun. Now Kirk's got questions. He has a hurry contact Tantalus. He wants to talk to Adams. Kirk's about to start questioning when Adams asks if Dr. Van Gelder is all right. So this is Dr. Van Gelder. So Kirk asks about his conditions, and Adams says, quote, He'd been doing some experimental work, Captain, an experimental beam he'd hoped might rehabilitate incorrigibles. Van Gelder felt he hadn't the moral right to expose another man to something he hadn't tried on his own person. Bones walks in during this explanation and tells Kirk he doesn't believe him. Kirk puts Adams on hold and lays into McCoy. Bones, this is Dr. Roger Corby we're talking about. Sorry, Dr. Tristan Adams we're talking about. He's done more to humanize the treatment of prisoners than the rest of humanity. Yeah. Spock breaks up the fight to say they should ask Adams if he wants Van Gelder back. So Kirk asks, Adams asks if they're passing any superior hospital because he wants Van Gelder to have the best treatment. Bones tells Kirk he's being played. There are no superior superior hospitals. Adams knows it. <laughs> Bones then goes on to say he's required to report anything suspicious in his log and that the captain is required to answer for those suspicions in his log. So Kirk says, fine, I'll investigate. Find me someone in your department with a psychiatric and penology experience. <laughs> penology. <laughs> and we end Act 1 with those words Bones seldom ever has to say. Yes, sir. <laughs> Act 2 opens with a captain's log on the bridge. And by that, I mean we actually see Kirk recording his captain's log on the bridge. Which is weird. I don't think we ever see him doing that. You know, I thought that was weird, too. Yeah. Kirk has Spock pull up sickbay on his screen. McCoy says, Van Gelder is still really messed up. And Kirk is like, and you still want to keep him on the ship, huh? And Spock says, yeah, we should. So McCoy wins. Then McCoy tells Kirk that they do, in fact, have a psychiatrist with a background in rehabilitation. And they're waiting in the transporter room. And he has kind of like a snide smile on his face. I don't know about that. Like... Kirk tries to play it like that, but I don't think that's McCoy's intention at all. I, I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Kirk and Spock entering the transporter room. Berkeley tells Kirk coordinates are locked in and ready to beam down. And on the transporter, we see a beautiful woman. Oh, no. <laughs> who introduces herself as Dr. Helen Noel. Now, before I go on, here's the thing about Dr. Noel. This was supposed to be Janice Rand. Like, in the original script, it was Janice Rand. Now, we're not there yet, but we're getting close to the point in the series where Grace Lee Whitney was fired. Uh, they never gave an official reason for getting rid of her, but there's been plenty of speculation on it, and in researching the show, I've come across a few explanations, all of which make sense and all of which I believe are partially true. The inclusion of Dr. Noel in this episode seems to be evidence of one of those theories, that they were phasing Rand out so that Kirk could hook up with a different woman throughout the series. Huh. That's theory one. We'll get to the others later in the show. <laughs> Kirk walks onto the transporter and Dr. Noel keeps saying, We've met, remember? At the science lab Christmas party. Get it? They met at a Christmas party. Her name is Noel. <laughs> and Kirk's like, Yeah, I remember. Shut up. <laughs> Kirk steps off the transporter. Spock asks what's up. And Kirk says, Mr. Spock, you tell McCoy that she had better check out as the best assistant I've ever had. Which is really sexist and uncalled for. 
What, just because she's a beautiful woman, she's not qualified for this mission? Seriously, McCoy's not trying to get you laid, Kirk. McCoy has been very clear about how he thinks there's something suspicious going on at the Tantalus Colony, and he wants to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Kirk goes back to the transporter, and they beam down. They beam down to the entrance of the Tantalus facility. Uh, Noelle suggests Kirk call her Helen instead of Doctor, but Kirk cuts her off and says no before hearing her reason. They walk into an elevator and start going down scarily fast, and they grab onto each other because they're both freaked out. Yeah, that was that wouldn't have been the first thing I did. <laughs> I would not have just grabbed onto the other person. <laughs> All right, uh, before I go on, like this is in my note, but notes, but I just remembered it. Uh, the matte painting, like they beam down to the facility, and there's like that big painting there. Mm-hmm. That was the same painting they used in the pilot where No Man Has Gone before, but they just like slightly changed it. Huh. The door is open and they meet Dr. Adams. Kirk introduces Adams to Dr. Noel, who asks Adams to call her Helen because with so many doctors around, things can get confusing. Uh, Kirk hands over his phaser, citing regulations, but Adams says he can keep it and has this good line, I know you people feel naked without a weapon as we do without our med kit. I mean, do psychiatrists carry med kits? I mean, I guess in Starfleet they'd be somewhat trained in... Yeah. Medical. Like, they're trained in normal doctor stuff, too. I especially know. at, like, a facility like this. Mm. Then Adams pours drinks for a toast to having visitors. Kirk pulls out his communicator to report back to the Enterprise. Adams points out that he won't be able to get a signal through the security screen and switches it off so Kirk can make his call. Kirk tells Spock that everything's fine and they're with Dr. Adams. Then Lethe walks in. Lethe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Fun fact, Lethe is a reference to the River of Forgetfulness in Greek mythology. <laughs> the writer's just hammering us with all these references. Yeah. <laughs> Adam introduces Kirk and Noel to Lethe and tells them she was a rehabilitated criminal who stayed to be a therapist. Kirk asks her what her crime was that got her sent there, and she says, It doesn't matter. That person doesn't exist. Dr. Adam says they cure people by having them bury the past. Now, I will admit that this was made in the 60s, and we're in the 2020s, where we know a lot more about mental health than they did, and are a lot more open to discussing mental health than they are, so we know that burying our past to get over it just isn't healthy. Right. Then Dr. Adams says, I'm sure you agree with me, Helen, and Noel's like, yep, that checks out, and then Adams finally does his toast. To all mankind, may we never find space so vast, plant so cold... Heart and mind so empty that that we cannot fill them with love and warmth. Mm. Fade to Kirk, Noel, and Adams walking through the very obvious cave sets from last week that are supposed to be Dr. Adams' facilities. Kirk says, it's all very impressive. <laughs> they walk by a guy at a control panel. Kirk stops to ask about it, and Adams is like, oh, that's just an experiment that went wrong, even though we're clearly still using it on patients. <laughs> Kirk asks to see it, and Noel snaps at him because if it doesn't work, there's no point. You're not there for a tour, Noel. You're there for an investigation. Why don't you try acting like it? Yeah. Noel tries to pull the I'm here to give you advice card, and Kirk has this great response. One of the advantages of being Captain Doctor is being able to ask for advice without necessarily having to take it. (laughs) And Adams calls it Kirk for the win. Cut back to the Enterprise, Spock and McCoy are in sickbay with Van Gelder. Van Gelder says he's not a criminal and doesn't require neural neutralizer. 
That catches Spock's attention, so he starts asking about it. Van Gelder says, A room. A device. Door. Control panel. Ceiling device. A light. Lights! <laughs> this reminds me of that scene in Civil War when the Russians use random words to activate the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spock asks what happens in the room, and Van Gelder starts screaming, so McCoy has to sedate him. Cut to Adam showing Kirk the neural neutralizer. It neutralizes brainwaves. It's totally harmless. The effects are only temporary. <laughs> Kirk starts to ask if it's not any good, and Adams finishes his sentence, then why do we use it? Because we hope it might help the more violent inmates. Noelle says, it's a good alternative to tranquilizers. She feels more like Adam's employee than a member of Kirk's crew at this point. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. Adam's and Noel walk off and Kirk hangs back for a second and asks the guy at the controls how it works. He gets a quick explanation. Adam's and Noel come back. Adam's calls Kirk a skeptic and Noel says they experiment with beams on Earth. I know absolutely nothing about this equipment. <laughs> but I can assure you that Dr. Adams has not created a chamber of horrors here. How can you assure that, Noel? Have you... You've just met the guy. You've seen nothing that Kirk hasn't also seen, and Kirk can't assure anyone of that. Yeah. I don't like Noel. No. She's not very good. Kirk points out that Adams hasn't told him where Dr. Van Gelder's accident happened, and Adams admits that it happened right here and claims that Van Gelder turned the beam on Max and hit himself with it. Adams and Noel walk off again. Kirk says... Thank you to the guy at the controls. He's totally unresponsive. Kirk walks away, and the guy starts torturing the patient under the beam. I'd hate to be under the beam. Yeah. Back in sickbay, Spock is talking to Kirk on the communicator. Spock asks where Kirk is. Kirk is with Adams in his study. Spock tells Kirk about the neural neutralizer. Kirk says, yeah, I've seen it. Adams told me about Van Gelder's mistake. <laughs> Spock goes silent. Kirk tells Spock to keep going, but he stays silent. Adams compliments Spock and leaves so they can speak freely. Spock tells Kirk he's in danger. Noel jumps at the chance to tell Spock that he's being foolish. That's that's never a good plan. Don't tell Spock he's wrong. Right, because Spock's <laughs> always right. Yeah. Uh, Noel tells McCoy that their concerns are unjustified and that Van Gelder is suffering from neural synapse damage. McCoy says, okay, but I still don't buy it. <laughs> McCoy asks for more information. Kirk doesn't have it, so Kirk decides he and Noel are going to stay the night. Van Gelder starts freaking out. No, no, no. Don't let them. You must warn your captain. No, no. Don't let him stay. Don't let him stay. Don't. No, no. Don't hypo me. Please don't hypo me. I'll try to. I'll try not to fight. I'll try. But you must listen. Warn your captain. Dr. Adam. Dr. Adams will destroy. Spock asks, will destroy how? What? Like death. <laughs> and that is the end of Act 2. <laughs> so the guy who played Van Gelder in this episode, like after shooting this episode, he had to like just go home and rest for four days because it took so much energy out of him. Really? And when you see his performance, like you get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a really good actor. Yeah. Enterprise Log, First Officer Spock, Acting Captain. I must now use an ancient Vulcan technique to probe into Van Gelder's tortured mind. We're about to get the first ever Vulcan mind meld. Spock and McCoy are in sickbay with Van Gelder. McCoy is talking Spock into mind melding with Van Gelder, although they never actually use the term mind meld. But we know that's what it is. I mean, he does it wrong. 
I'm going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> Spock says he's never used it on a human before, and I now have a bone to pick with the Strange New Worlds and maybe Discovery. Because <laughs> he totally does. In season two of Strange New Worlds, he mind melds with his mom. Yeah, but... that She's a human. I know she Spock's is. Spock's wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> or... No, because this came first. Then but, he got me doing it backwards. <laughs> but he said that uh, he sees her as a Vulcan, too. So, But he mind-melded with a human. Like, he's talking about, like, it medically, like, if it's safe or not. Like, he knows it's safe. <laughs> yeah, Although, but... To it, be fair, this came first and Strange New Worlds hasn't been made yet, but... But, yeah, we can't that, talk about that. We can only talk about the last eight episodes. I don't know. For some reason, I went backwards on that for some... <laughs> You're getting to me. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Spock then has this line. It's a hidden personal thing to all Vulcan people, part of our private lives, which will promptly be forgotten every other time mind melts come up in the franchise's 57-year history. I don't know. Enterprise was pretty rough with mind melts. Yeah, that's a prequel, though. And uh, Tuvok was really willing i guess yeah like every other time it's just like this normal superpower vulcans just whip out whenever like yeah. they don't treat it like it's treated in this first appearance yeah eventually mccoy's just like spock jim kirk could be in trouble will this work or not spock then gives in he tells van gelder that it could be dangerous and that it requires him to make pressure changes in van gelder's nerves and blood vessels van gelder tells him to do it and spock does it it's a lot different than the whole my mind to your mind, let me touch your face thing that will become standard. <laughs> right. Spock puts both hands on his face. He moves around. He gives him almost hypnotic instructions, even though Spock clarifies that this isn't hypnosis. <laughs> we cut to Dr. Noel's room down at the colony. Kirk enters and asks for her opinion on the inmate she's seen. Noel says it could have waited till tomorrow. And Kirk's like, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> Noel thinks that they're happy, and Kirk says, yeah, but they're kind of blank. Yeah, they are. And Noel immediately snaps at him, Captain, if you're questioning the methods of a man like Tristan Adams, dude, you are literally at this colony right now to investigate the methods of Tristan Adams. What um, part of that concept is not computing for you? I don't know. Ugh. Kirk says he wants to see the neural neutralizer again. Noel says he should ask Dr. Adams. And Kirk points out that if Adams is lying, he's going to keep lying and they won't find out anything. <laughs> they leave for the brain beam. I should have just called it the brain beam this whole time. And we cut back to sickbay. <laughs> Spock and Van Gilder are doing this whole we are venom thing. <laughs> Spock asks what Adams did to us. Van Gelder says that Adams can reshape any mind. He erased our memories and it took a lot of power because we fought back. I know I kind of just skimmed through the whole mind meld scene, but the performances from Leonard Nimoy and Morgan Woodward are really good in that scene. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Back at the brain beam, Noel's going to test this thing on Kirk. They start with minimum intensity for two seconds. Kirk's face goes blank. She turns it off, and Kirk's like, okay, whenever you're ready. I know <laughs> that this is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> like, as soon as Kirk was like, yeah, test it on me, I was like, yeah. This is yeah. not going to go how it, how it's planned. So Kirk lost two seconds, so they try a suggestion. Noel tells him that he's hungry, turns it off, and now Kirk wants to raid a kitchen. Uh, Noel tells him that was her, and Kirk points out that this thing works pretty good for something Adams wants to get rid of. 
So Kirk says to say something weird. So Noel decides, remember that Christmas party? Well, now you carried me off to your quarters. And now we see this new memory. Uh, Noel says that if the crew saw you carry me here, Kirk says that the crew sworn to secrecy. Somehow I don't think that isn't that's true. No. But what about my reputation? Noel says it would be different if you cared, and they make out. <laughs> Adam shows up and takes the controls. He makes Kirk madly in love with Noel. You've loved her for years. You feel intense pain if you can't have her. And now she's gone. I can see this plot point making sense with Rand in the script. Then Kirk starts screaming for Helen. Adams tells Kirk to drop his phaser. Kirk f- fights, but he eventually does. I'm going to point out, Kirk tried to give his phaser to Adams earlier. If Adams just followed protocol, he would have it already. Yeah. That Yeah, this was unnecessary. Adams tells Kirk to drop his communicator. Kirk pulls it out and calls the Enterprise. He can't get out much. Just Kirk to Enterprise and a couple times and he eventually drops it. And Act 3 ends with Kirk doing this creepy scream laughing thing. <laughs> Act 4 opens with Noel nursing Kirk after his running with the brain beam. As Kirk regains consciousness, he's like, Oh, Helen, I've loved you for years. I love you so much. And she's like, No, you don't. That's the brain beam talking. She gets Kirk to remember what Adams did. And once he does, he notices a ventilation duct on the wall. Kirk and Noel pry it open. Kirk thinks the vents will lead to the main power and sends Noel because she'll fit. He asks her if she has training in hyperpower circuits. She doesn't. And he says, well, if you touch the wrong thing, you're dead. It's <laughs> a lot of training right there. It's all she. It's all he gives her. <laughs> uh, she crawls in. A couple of guys with phasers show up and take Kirk back to the brain beam. We see Noel going full John McClane through the vent system. And we cut to the brain beam. Adams has Kirk under the brain beam. Kirk's fighting as much as he can. Adams says that Van Gelder was on his hands and knees at this point. Lethe shows up and reports that Noel is missing. Adams tries to get the information from Kirk. Where is she? What's she doing? Kirk fighting back just repeats, I don't know, and gets out of the chair and falls to the ground. Noel climbs out of the duct into the main power room, and this is obviously a reused cave set from the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, Noel tries to flip a switch but can't get it to move. Cut to Spock in the transport room. He's working with the Retro, trying to use emergency channels to get down there, but they can't get through the force field. Cut back to Noel. She hides behind a corner while a couple of guys with phasers run through. Uh, once they're gone, she shuts off the main power. Cut to the brain beam shutting down. Back to Noel. One of the guys catches her and there's a struggle. Uh, at the brain beam, Adams is saying, Get him back in the chair. Find the girl, but Kirk gets up and starts throwing punches. <laughs> in main power, the guy Noel is fighting with turns the main power back on, and then Noel kicks him into it, killing him with an impressive display of pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah. Cuts out the transporter room. Berkeley tells Spock the shield is gone, and he can beam him down to the source of the problem. Spock tells McCoy to follow him down with security, then beams down. Noel climbs back into the duct just before Spock beams him. Spock flips some switches and tells the Enterprise the shield is down. Have you ever noticed how Spock is always just ready to go? <laughs> like, he always just just grabs security and follow me. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> gone. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah. Yeah, Spock flips some switches, then tells the Enterprise the shield is down. After that, he turns power back on. The brain beam kicks back on, now with Adams under it, and no one at the controls. Kirk makes it back to his room, phaser in hand. Helen climbs out of the duct, also phaser in hand. 
Kirk's like, Helen, are you okay? Immediately starts making out with her. She's like, no, you don't actually love me. <laughs> Spock walks in mid-make out, and his reaction is just great. <laughs> uh, once Noel gets him off, gets him off her, Kirk realizes Adams is still at the brain beam and runs out there. Outside the treatment room, McCoy and the retreats are rounding up Adam's people. Kirk goes into the treatment room with Noel, Spock, and McCoy. He shuts the brain beam off. Bones says, he's dead, Captain. <laughs> Is this the first time? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, because in the man trap, people died. But was it the first time Bones has said? I, I think he said he's dead, Jim, in that. Or something oh. similar to that. Okay. But that's really close to a he's dead, Jim. <laughs> Noel's like, but it wasn't on high enough to kill. And Kirk says, but he was alone. Can you imagine the mind emptied like that without even a tormentor for company? <laughs> Back on the Enterprise, Uhura tells Kirk they got a message from Tantalus. Spock says it was Van Gelder. He wanted Kirk to know that the brain beam was destroyed. And then we get this Kirk-Spock-McCoy moment. It's hard to believe that a man could die of loneliness. Not when you sat in that room. Take us out of orbit, Mr. Spark. Ahead, warp factor one. Acknowledged, Captain. Warp factor one. And that is the end of our episode. Can I say, Van Gelder, why did he all of a sudden just become like, a regular doctor and a genius again. Well, I actually think this scene is like a while after that. Okay. Like there, I think there's some time between the episode and this scene. I think Van Geller's like gotten the treatment to get like back to normal. Okay. Okay. All right. Any more thoughts? You know, I like this episode. It wasn't my favorite. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, I think it might be one of my favorites so far. I'm, I think I would rank it like 886 in my ranking system. That's really low in your ranking system. What do you mean? Like in your ranking system, that's pretty low. Yeah. But I thought you said it was good. Yeah. I mean... It's it, lower than the ones you've said are terrible is what I'm saying. No, okay. So, you know, it's... One being the best and 950 being the worst. I know, but you've ranked worst episodes higher than that. Yeah, I've ranked them in the 900s. Majority of them. No, you haven't because there's not 900s. There's like very few 900s you can rank them at. You've been ranking them all in the 800s. And you've been ranking the good ones in the 700s. Okay, since I still don't have an accurate count, I'm going to say 8... I mean, I can pull it up real quick. 27. Well, I mean, accurate count of what I've actually... <laughs> I mean, I could go back and look at all the rest of them. And 827. I'm going to give okay. this one. And in the Bailey scale, I'm going to give it a three Bailey. Okay. Three Baileys. All right. Join us next week where we talk about Miri. It's going to be rough. Uh, I'm not going to act like it's not. Everything's rough and... In the OG stuff. It is not. Alright, you can find me ever at Couch Talks Movies. David, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on TikTok, uh, Commodore Moss, and that's all. 
All right, you can find the show at Tomorrow Trick Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Also, YouTube. Almost forgot that one. Oh, we have a YouTube? Yeah. Like, I've only, like, posted a couple of shorts. Like, we haven't, like, really done anything with it yet. I should go follow us. Okay. I thought you did. I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, it has two subscribers, and one of them's me. I thought the other one was you. I don't think so. Well, I don't know who the other one is then. <laughs> Anyways, um, you can check out our merch store, the Couch Podcast Network merch store at couchleaders.com. It's a long story. And until next time. Live long and don't get under the brain, Ray. Ray.